0: Okay, then welcome to episode. I'm going to say episode nine of the US Sports Hub podcast. Not 100% sure. I, You're think. Very much there, <laughs> I think it's episode nine. We'll go with episode nine. Okay. We'll do that. that uh, and of course, in the background, you can hear Adam McKendry, Hello. How are you doing?
1: I'm actually here for once. Yeah,
0: I you know, was going to say the last, not FaceTiming the last couple of weeks, we've been saying about how cold it is outside and how easy it is to FaceTime. And this is potentially the coldest day of the winter so far. And here you are. And I got out of bed. You're here, you I'm got impressed. out of bed, you left I'm your bedroom. I'm like,
1: the, There are days where you just want to lie in bed all day and it's like, do I really have to get out of bed? But I've actually managed to pull myself out from under the covers and I'm here and you've given me some lovely coffee with vanilla creamer, which is a new experience. Yeah,
0: because uh, that's right. I've, I don't, I'm off milk at the minute. I've gone very hipster and at the minute I'm using oat milk. You didn't seem too keen in that.
1: I, I was not keen on it at all. I've the gone, vanilla creamer appealed a lot more. Than yeah, milk
0: milk. I've gone for a nice vanilla creamer. What do you think of it? What do you think of it so far?
1: Getting used to it. It's no, it's <laughs> definitely a new experience, but I'm, I think I'm gonna warm to it.
0: I might just uh, go back to the to the normal milk. To be honest, the good thing <laughs> is if this is episode nine, that means next week is a bit of a celebration.
1: Woohoo! Episode ten. Do you need me to bring a
0: cake? Maybe. Oh, calling the caterpillar It'd be amazing. <gasps>
1: I love That'd be good, People yeah. always it. say they're for kids, but they're absolutely no. for anyone.
0: See for my... I'm 27 I See for my 30th birthday if I do not get a call on the Caterpillar. <laughs> not going to be happy about that. Um, so yeah, next week, episode 10, which is... I didn't think we'd get there, so amazing stuff. Yeah, we're do-
1: <laughs> we're doing well. 10 episodes.
0: <laughs> so uh, you've been out and about this morning with the Pelfast Giants. Yeah,
1: I've been down interviewing them already. Let's, let's pretend I got out of bed for this as opposed to that. But... Um, <laughs> No, I'm, I'm delighted to be here. Um, but yeah, I've been down interviewing them. They've just had an 11-game winning streak snapped, but still top of the league, still very confident, still feeling good. Um, and yeah, I think they're uh, they're certainly going a lot better than what they were at the start of the season. Oh, completely, had yeah. that awful run, but it, it's great to see, and long may it continue, really and enjoying the season so far. A lot
0: of great stuff going on in Belfast, because obviously there was the Belfast Classic Basketball last week. Um, which I did bump into you two, but you were very, very busy because you were very much there <laughs> working, so it I kind of let you be. We,
1: we saw each other, you waved. Did the wave, I gave yeah. A thumbs up. I meant to go and talk to you, but I was running late for a shift in the office, and I forgot to say hi to you as I was leaving, which seems really cruel, so I'm going to nope. apologise on the air just to, <laughs> to say. Sorry,
0: I didn't talk to you. Apology accepted. Um, I'm kind of I'm glad you didn't, because right after that, you'll know uh, Rachel from the Belfast Science yes. decided she made a beeline for me. She told me. <laughs> and I was kind of like, okay, cool. Why? And she's like, oh, we want to do a Facebook Live with you. And I was kind of like, oh, really? <laughs> I have no idea who the teams that are playing are or anything. And uh, yes, yeah, so I went on Facebook Live for the Belfast Classic page and backed Brooklyn to be Al- um, Al- Alberta, wasn't it?
1: Uh, was it Alberta? Albany.
0: Albany, Albany sorry, Albany. Sorry. And uh, it happened so, yeah, they won Clearly that game. You know
1: a lot more
0: than you think you do. Well, no, actually because I got a bit of uh, I got a bit of stick from a couple of guys who listened because my reasoning for it was that I support the New York Knicks and the New York, you know, New York is closest to Brooklyn, so I kind of went, right okay, I'm going to go Brooklyn and right away people went, you support New York and you went for Brooklyn. <laughs> you see the contradiction Dang. that you've just made. Dang so yeah that happened um, you've got to
1: realise that mate you've got to get, you've got to get knowledgeable the about the the thing is the right
0: race. had it not been a live video I would have went no let's cut that let's, let's <laughs> redo that because that, that's not right um, but it was live so I just kind of went with it and the team won in the end so I was like yeah, yeah. you guys who think I don't know what I'm talking about who won um,
1: but on the Belfast Classic what an event Oh, like, incredible! I absolutely loved it. We, there were four games on the Friday, and I was there from half ten until I think it was about half ten at night that I yeah. ended up leaving at. But it was just such an event, you know. Every game running on after the other. The quality of the basketball, incredible, was brilliant. You know these these college guys. There was one guy was seven foot. Yeah. And he's in college, which is unreal. But you know, all the colleges said they loved it. As I said, the quality was fantastic, the games were all really good... and it's, it's just great to see, you know, basketball coming over to Northern Ireland. They're yeah. trying to make something of it. And I really hope that a few kids who are there, because they had the schools there, like the Friendship Four, the hockey that was there the week before. They brought all the schools in. They encouraged them to pick a side, you know, support your team. And hopefully it's inspired a few of them to go and take it up, because I know we've got the Belfast Star here in uh, Northern Ireland who are going really well in yeah. the Irish Super League at the moment. So... Hopefully, a few of them have been inspired to go and potentially take that up. And it's funny because I was having a, I was having a talk with one of the kids from our youth group at my church, and he said, you know, I've I've always wanted to take up ice hockey. I was like, mate, go for it. Yeah. You know, this is, this would be great. You should absolutely go for ice hockey. So I'm hoping that he's going to take that up, and I'm going to be following that up with him. So
0: it's amazing that there's now a platform for it as well, isn't absolutely. it? Like if it's back in great. sort of, I don't want to say back in our day, but. <laughs> Back in our day, it just, you just kind of... It was football or rugby, mm. and you liked it or lumped it, really. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, exactly. no, amazing to see. And with the basketball, it was the whole experience as well. Like I, I've watched basketball games over here, and there's nothing wrong with them, but it was the full American experience. You know, the court was done right, and yeah. oh, it was just incredible.
1: You had uh, floor seats, you had court side. Which
0: I had, by the way, and they Cinerary, were incredible, yeah.
1: I was literally like, I could have taken a step onto the court. I had a brilliant moment. I was fanboying the whole week. Um, and just before one of the games one of the refs walked in front of us and he was just chatting away to us and I like some wee fan stuck my hands up he was holding the ball and I just stuck my hands up like <laughs> passed me the ball and he passed me the ball and I, caught it. and I was like oh my word this is amazing I've just caught a ball I've just caught the, the game ball and pass it back oh my word
0: my problem is I mean sitting in courtside at first my, my worry was um, I'm going to get a knee in the face here at some point like some seven foot guy is going to come across knee me in the face and I probably would have been happy with that because that would have been the full experience. <laughs> but um, no, my problem is now I do I really really want to go to the states and watch an NBA game. But now that I've had that courtside experience,
1: that's exactly what I was. You know what say. I mean? Any other basketball experience now is not going to live uh-huh. up to the hype of being courtside.
0: So you're going to go and see the uh, the Celtics and probably fork out God knows how much, how many dollars for? I don't know how much courtside is. Uh, it's a lot. It's, it's far, a lot because like Jay-Z and stuff sits courtside. So. Yeah,
1: Well, yeah. That, that's the point. You know, you always see, oh, there's Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez sitting courtside, and <laughs> <or> there's Cristiano <laughs> Ronaldo sitting courtside. Hey, look at that.
0: There's Adam sitting There's Adam McKendree sitting beside Bieber and Drake. Uh, should we talk some football? I think we probably should. Yeah, and we're going to start with Thursday night football because the Saints, they've been on a tear. We've been talking about it over the last God knows how many weeks. And finally... The Cowboys have stopped them.
1: What a shock. Um, All credit to the Cowboys. I thought they were really good. Not flashy good, but just did the basics really well. The, The defense stepped up big time. They really forced New Orleans to play the way that they wanted them to, which I think is the biggest thing. If you allow New Orleans that freedom to do whatever they want, then they will just run you ragged. Yeah but what what the Cowboys did was they really tightened up that defensive core and they just stopped that running game Alvin Kamara was just taken out of the game uh, altogether and then from there it was stopping the passing game which they did manage to do like one of the big things was uh, their first drive the Cowboys first drive um, it was 12 possessions and they ended up with 3 points from it and you thought right well that's not enough because the Saints are going to go down the other end and they're going to get a touchdown. But they didn't. The defence just stepped up big time and that that's huge. That's exactly the way Dallas needed to play it.
0: And to take on Drew Brees like that is, I mean, that, that's pretty impressive in itself, isn't
1: it? You know what? I, I think they've provided a blueprint on how to beat New Orleans and that's just go toe-to-toe with them. A yeah. lot of teams sit back and show Brees a lot of respect because of the season he's having, you know, that... That's not beat around the bush. He's having an MVP season, yeah. so a lot of teams instinctively, you know, step back and go, "Well, we we can't challenge him too much, or he's just gonna pass around us." Dallas just went, "Nah, you know what? We're we're actually gonna we're gonna make you work for this." And in the end, that that's what happened. And as a result, now the Cowboys have actually pushed themselves to the forefront of the playoff picture, which is bizarre. Whenever you consider where they yeah. were. You know they're now seven and five, top of the NFC East, four game winning streak. I think that win a couple of weeks ago over the Redskins. Yeah, that was the division turner. Yeah,
0: that's the game we were saying could be a turning point for them.
1: Yeah, no, this this was a statement. Yeah, this was where they actually said, "Look what we can do," and I think things could be going the right way. One of the problems is that this was at home which is obviously a big thing in front of your home fans. You can produce it that little bit extra. It's it's natural. Can they do it on the road in the postseason? You would guess probably not. But, and I mean, at, at some point with, with their record, they're not going to get home advantage the whole way through the postseason. Yeah. So they're going to have to go on the road at some point if they're going to make the Super Bowl. And that that's the question about them that I would be struggling to, to give a positive answer to. But there's positive signs. Do
0: you you think you should be worried if you're a Saints fan? I don't think so. Um, However, coming up next, they do have a team that have previously beaten them. The Buccaneers. I knew you
1: were going to (laughs) shoot the Buccaneers in there
0: somewhere. Just somewhere. Just have to shoo them in somewhere. They're not playing particularly well. Just shoo them in somewhere. There it is. That's it. Done for the podcast. Okay.
1: Look, at the the end of the day, New Orleans are still in charge of their own destiny. Completely. If they they win out and the Rams lose once and we'll get talking about the Rams... um, because they're gonna be our game of the week, just to give you a bit of a spoiler there. Mm. Um but like, if, if the Rams lose once and the Saints win out, they get the number one seed and they're at home in the postseason and New Orleans are so good at the Superdome that 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 almost guarantees them a spot in yeah. uh, in the Super Bowl. So look, I, I wouldn't be worrying, they're still, you know, pretty safe and they're gonna wrap up the South um I think well if they don't wrap it up this week, they'll wrap it up the following week. the The one concern is they can't let their running game go awol well, like it did yeah. against Dallas. That's that's the one thing we know how good that running game is, but you can't let it, you know, sort of slip into the background. It has to be to the forefront every game. Uh, so that that's one thing that they have to work on. But I, I wouldn't be too worried. It's it's a minor blip in what's been a yeah. pretty good season so far. Um, I
0: can see you just. Looking there at my, my squeaky chair, just kind of interrupt you. Sorry about that. It's not You're been fine. squeaky before. Um, this, is, this is a new development. <laughs> Let's talk about Houston. What's going on with Houston? My
1: word, here come the Houston Texans. Uh, nine straight wins after going 0-3 to start the season. Yeah. Nine. nine and three lead the AFC South. To put this into context, Houston have won nine straight. The next longest winning streak is Dallas's four. Oh, so they really are flying. So they are absolutely flying. They defeated Cleveland 29 13 on Sunday. They lead the AFC South. I think I might have said that actually. Um, Deshaun Watson on fire with 12 touchdowns and just 2 interceptions in his last 6. Lamar Miller is 5th in rushing yards and DeAndre Hopkins is top 8 in the NFL in receptions yards and touchdowns. This is a team that is just clicking on all areas at the moment and whenever you do that the confidence goes up, your form goes up you're feeling good, they're Basically, in the postseason now with a yeah. record of nine and three, so they can start thinking about the postseason and perhaps where they're going to be, who they're going to play, things like that. Um, but one of the most important things is their defense is third in scoring and sixth in inter in both interceptions and forced fumbles. So you talk about that all star offense. You know where Deshaun Watson was so heavily criticised the first three weeks of the season and now he's stepped up and he's putting up unbelievable numbers. Look at the other side of the ball. The defence has stepped up big time as well. They're not only stopping teams from scoring, they're actually scoring themselves, which is uh, such a big thing whenever you potentially want to become a danger on both sides of the ball. And one of the key things for me, their final four games... Are all against teams with losing records at the moment. So this is a team that could potentially go into the postseason with thirteen straight wins if they continue this form, with a thirteen and three record, having started the season so early and been written off so early. Texans fans should be getting very yeah. excited. That
0: is not a team that you want to play. So like you say, their next four games coming up next week, they've got the Colts, or should you say this week, and then the, the Jets. So two games that you'd expect them to win.
1: Absolutely. And that, that's the thing. Winning confidence leads to wins. Winning leads to more wins. And then that, whenever you reach the postseason, you're just in that mode of, we can't lose here, guys. Yeah. And that that's the thing. If... Uh, if they're going to be successful in the postseason, they need to have that confidence and that form. And it just looks like they're full of it at the moment. It's
0: amazing because three weeks in, you were kind of going the Texans are out of it. 0-3, oh, I didn't see it coming, but
1: There were so many questions over whether Watson was all that he was cracked up to be. So after the first, uh, after last season, people thought he was this brilliant, mercurial quarterback who could make things up on the fly. And then uh, they had that struggle uh, at the start of the season and people suddenly went well actually he's a flash in the pan He will... this is second season syndrome but he's really turned that around and you can see that over the last six games he's been so good for them um, and even over the nine games, he's been so good for them. But yeah. especially the the last six, he's been so good at leading that offense to where they want to be. And I, I really think a lot of teams will be looking at Houston thinking, we don't want to play yeah. in the postseason.
0: Um, let's talk about another team then who are growing in confidence at the minute, the Baltimore Ravens. Again, we sort of talked about how they needed this to be their season way back at the start. Mm-hmm. And it didn't look like it was going that way. But they are sort of starting to turn the screw a bit. When they're looking like they could be postseason contenders.
1: They're making things interesting at the least. And I'm going to look at this two ways. I'm going to take the positives in how the Ravens are playing. And I'm going to take the negatives as well. We'll start by saying they defeated the Atlanta Falcons at the weekend. 26-16. 7-5 in the season. And they're second in the AFC North behind the Pittsburgh Steelers. Positives. The defence has been downright ridiculous. They've been outstanding. They lead the NFL in both points and yards against, which is exactly what you need. We we thought the Ravens' defence was going to be good this year. Yeah. But I don't think anyone expected them to be the best defence. But they've stepped up massively. And see, whenever, I'm always a big... Advocator of if your defense is good, then you only need an average offense yeah. to get you through. If you have an average offense, you still need a really good defense. Uh, or so, sorry, if if you've got an average defense, you've got to have a good offense, a, an outstanding offense, like the Rams, for example. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I lost the track of myself, <laughs> um, but what what the Ravens have done is they've consolidated from the back you know they've they've made sure that their defense is perfect so that then their offense doesn't have to be so good and this is where you come to the negatives because their defense is Super Bowl caliber it deserves to win a championship but their offense just has so many questions that you wonder is that going to be where they fall down Lamar Jackson has come in uh, since taking the starters jersey he's won his first three starts but his limitations as a passer does that cap this offense's ceiling that's one of the big questions that they have to answer one of the even one of the biggest questions they have to answer is who's your starting quarterback yeah because they could hand it back to joe flacco for this week they might stick with jackson we don't know they seem to be flip-flopping and for a team that wants to be in the postseason and can't looks do like that. It could be in the postseason they can't do that, you're right they, they just can't do that, they have to stick with someone and say you're going to lead us into the postseason but the problem is there's too many questions, Flacco is too hit and miss and Jackson just has too many questions on his passing that whether he can really unlock this team's offensive potential and on the other side of that another negative is the fact that their receiving core have been all over the show that's not helping Jackson, who already has his struggles with the passing game. Whenever his receiving core are then struggling to run simple plays, that doesn't help your struggling quarterback. Yeah. They can go back to the ground game. The grind game has been very good. Really impressed by Gus Edwards, who was undrafted and has now emerged to lead this team on the ground. But I think for the Ravens to continue this run... And I think they do have the potential to make the postseason. They have to, one, settle on a quarterback and two, find some way to settle Jackson in. Because if he can't connect with his receivers, this team isn't going anywhere fast.
0: Uh, On that point, very quick confession to make. I bought a Ravens hat this week because what? it was on sale, and I like the colour purple. <laughs> You're
1: weird, man. <laughs> Let's just move on.
0: Um, we'll move on to Seattle, who also wear lovely colours. <laughs> Seattle, and at the start of the season, there were a lot of sports channels and stuff that I was watching, particularly Colin Cowherd uh, in the States, was really questioning Pete Carroll mm-hmm. at the start of the season. Again, Seattle seemed to have turned it around, and, and they're, they're going upwards again. They're moving the way they should be.
1: It's one where a lot of people thought that maybe he'd overstayed his welcome. Yeah. And we're going to talk about another coach who did overstay his welcome. There's been a firing, that's second. right. There's yes, been a firing, but we'll get onto that in a second. Um, but the Seahawks just continue to trend upward, and I think they've enjoyed going under the radar a bit. Um, they beat the 49ers 43 16. Really interesting fact. That's the first time in NFL history there's been a game that's finished 43-16. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, there you go. It's absolutely bizarre how that's never happened
0: before. <laughs> um, You're the man with the stats. Absolutely. How did but, anybody ever dig that out? I, I have no idea. There so, you go. I
1: didn't dig it out. I found it on the internet somewhere. but um, the, It's their third straight win. They're also 7-5. and five. They're second in the NFC West. As a team that no one was really talking about, they've... I think we've talked about this before. They've just yeah. gone quietly under the radar and they're enjoying a decent season. I don't think they have enough about them to be real postseason contenders. Yeah. So I don't want to spend too much time on them. But just just to highlight the fact that Seattle are going pretty well. So just keep an eye on them um, just over the next few weeks. Because they've got a couple of make or break weeks yeah. coming up where... Sorry, you're going to say something. Well, I was going to say
0: we always talk about this thing where nobody wants to go to Seattle and play them. Well, exactly. At the start of the season we were saying, "Actually, maybe you would, but they've kind of they've, they've stopped put a stop to that effectively and the, the
1: problem is their record isn't good enough for the postseason yeah. that they'll get enough home advantage. If you play Seattle in Seattle, it's a completely different prospect to playing them uh on the road or whatever uh, whenever you bring yeah. them to your building. So that's that's the big difference. And Seattle, I think, need to have post or home, home advantage in yeah. season, which they're not going to have. But the, <laughs> we're writing them off as a team that just cannot <laughs> win on the road at all. That's that's not the case. But I, I think whenever you come up against the better sides in the postseason, Seattle will struggle on
0: the road. Yeah. Um, right, let's talk about some news stories, and we'll go back to the point we were making quickly. And again, I don't mean to sound like I'm celebrating it, but there has been a firing and not one that anybody should be surprised at, I reckon.
1: You're brutal, mate. Every time there's a firing, you get so hyped
0: Just up. be thankful that I didn't get the sound effect that I said I was going to get made right horns and whistles and stuff that there's a firing. <laughs> no, uh, so we're going to the Green Bay Packers where Mike McCarthy has been fired.
1: Uh, we're so sorry, Mike, but yeah, you had to go. The Green Bay have not had a good start well, we're now almost at Not the a end good of the season, season. Yeah, yeah, but look, they haven't had a good season. Four, seven, and one. They lost at home to the Arizona Cardinals, who have had nothing to shout about this season. Yeah, absolutely nothing to shout about this season. I think McCarthy was probably away at the end of the season anyway. Yeah. But this just kind of hastened things and they're going to try and see what they can make of the rest of the season without him at the helm. I'm not surprised in the slightest. I think he had to go. I don't think there was ever any question that he was going to go, to be perfectly honest. Um and with a team like Green Bay, look, they're not the team of a couple of years ago. Exactly, Nobody's going to yeah. try and claim that, but they're still good enough that they should be competing for a playoff spot. And they're so far off the mark that
0: with the team that they have, the defeat against the Seahawks, forgivable, to an extent, and and a game with the Vikings as well, forgivable. But the, the Cardinals one, that was the that was sort of the last nail in the coffin, wasn't it?
1: Absolutely and I'm I'm quite disappointed now that his last Mike McCarthy's last win as a Packers coach is against my Dolphins. <laughs> That's all right. But yeah, look, you you can't you can't fault them for losing to Seattle. You can't fault them for losing to Minnesota, but the problem was losing to Arizona. Yeah, you cannot lose to Arizona if you're a team that's supposed to be competing for the postseason. And I think we we've seen as the season has gone on that they're not a team competing for the postseason. That's that's just the be all and end all of it. And McCarthy, he's he's been there for thirteen years. I'm a, my opinion is a coach should never be in a job longer than five or six years now that's that's not a case of that's not a hard and fast yeah model. you know if, if someone is really good in their role and they get on so well and they just have a really good rapport with how everything works you can make exceptions but yeah. in general a coach shouldn't really be there for more than five or six years because things start to get stale and mm-hmm. um, to, to bring it back to more of a local example we're seeing in the Elite League, the Cardiff Devils have been so good for the past few years, but this season they're showing signs slowing down a bit. Yeah, you know, of trouble and that's Their coach has been there for a few years, and several of their players have been there for a few years. You, things get comfortable, yeah. And you start to think you're untouchable, and all of a sudden you're not. But to get back to Green Bay, they just haven't been good this year on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and that that's that's the issue. If If there was one redeeming quality about the Packers, like, say, their offense have been clicking every week, but their defense have been shocking, you can take that down to another level and say, okay, we'll get rid of the defensive coordinator and we'll bring in someone new and you can work with them. Now, just things across the board just weren't working, and that's where your head coach has to take the fall.
0: And if you're a Green Bay fan, you are just not happy at the minute, I would imagine, because they expect so much of their team, don't they? They're one of those teams that...
1: Of course they do, and I, I'm absolutely not surprised that they're they're not happy because at the end of the day, you know they're they're such bitter rivals with the Bears and the Vikings, and both of them are having far far better seasons. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's just not acceptable for a team that, as as I keep saying, they're supposed to be postseason contenders.
0: We'll take a look at some games coming up. Well, we'll take a look at one game coming up. There's uh, quite a few good games coming up the one you want to look at is the Rams and the Bears
1: well this is what I was talking about earlier because the Saints may be the biggest benefactors of this game out of the three two teams involved and they're not even playing Um, if the Bears win this then the Saints do become those favourites again to take number one seed all the way through uh, to the NFC championship game and that's massive for them as we were saying whereas if the Rams win this they hold on to that number one seeding. And they hold on to being uh, probably the best team in the NFL. Still. Yeah. But this is by far their biggest test um, in terms of the remaining games to come this season. The Bears have perfor- outperformed everyone, everyone's expectations this season. They've been so good at home. I think one of the big things is they've... They've sort of justified their off-season dealings. A lot of people thought they went too early. They went and gave up too much for Khalil yeah. back. They spent too much in the off-season. But they clearly saw that there was enough in this team to take them a long way. And now they're there. They're top of their division. They're 8-4. They're looking like a very good bet for the postseason. Yeah. And th- the thing is, they've battled through a very tough schedule as well. It's not like the Bears have gotten here by beating a lot of smaller teams they're in a division with the Vikings and the Packers as much as we've said the Packers are bad you know you still have to beat them they still have decent players in there you still have to beat them but you know they've battled past the Vikings already so that this is going to be a real big test I think it's going to be a real outliner of how good is this Rams team, really? Yeah. Because if they can if they can win this one, I don't think there's much more they can do to say, we are the team to beat this year. Yeah. Um, and if they lose this one, then all those questions start getting thrown up in the air again, especially since this game's on the road. So it's going to be a very interesting one to keep an eye on.
0: And that is Monday Night Football. That is Monday Night Football, yes. You can watch that at one twenty on Tuesday morning, of course. Um, right, okay. Well, that just about wraps it up for football. Another massive week in the NFL coming up. Mm-hmm. And we are deep in... Not deep in, but kind of getting deep into the NBA season. Should we talk about it? Yes, let's do. So let's take a look at what's going on in the NBA season so far. We'll go to Toronto, first of all.
1: Yeah, it's ironic because I sat down and wrote this all down yesterday. And then they proceeded to lose last night. So. This
0: is becoming a theme. This has happened a couple of times now. It
1: has. So basically, any team that I write down is going to be discussed today yeah. is going to be. We'll have lost the night, night before. before. So, so, teams
0: will. If, if we ever get to the point where we have a lot of listeners and teams catch on, they will write to you and say, please don't talk about us <laughs> because you'll stuff it for us and we'll lose the night before. Mm-hmm. Anyway.
1: Even so, the, Toronto were 20 and 5. Yeah. To You're going
0: to lose season. games in an NBA season. Of
1: course. Did anyone see that this start coming? We saw them being one of the best teams in the NBA. I don't think anyone was questioning that. But did we see them being this good this early? I don't think so. The fact that they're, they've are they got a new coach, Nick Nurse, two new starters in Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, and yet they're still so good. But one guy I want to talk about is Pascal Siakam, who's been otherworldly to start this season. In a team of superstars... He's a former 27th overall draft pick. He's averaging 14.8 points, 6.4 rebounds, and he ranks third in true shooting percentage. This is a guy who's just supposed to be either a bench guy or sort of one of your lesser yeah, lights. Supposed to be an okay five. player. Yeah. Suddenly, he's become one of the real finds and one of the potential future stars of the NBA, which is incredible. And that that's the kind of thing that can turn uh one of the best teams into the best team because nobody was talking about Siakam as one of the one of Toronto's best players. It was all about Kawhi um Kyle Lowry as the heart and soul of the team. But all of a sudden Siakam is standing up massively for them and I think that's why they've been so good. They've taken down Golden State in the past week, um even if it was in Toronto and Golden yeah. State had a few guys out. But the Raptors are at the moment the best side in the NBA
0: um, let's give it a second my, my thing has disappeared <laughs> oh, no. Detroit I think we haven't talked about too much this no. this season I know we're early into the season but Detroit are, are looking good
1: Detroit have a better record than the supposed championship contending Boston Celtics which Your cuts Boston me too Celtics, much yeah. but That's the thing. No one has been talking about them. People have mentioned them in passing and said, oh, look at how well they're doing. Let's actually sit down and say Detroit are doing well. They've won five in a row. They've won nine of their last 11. We've got to bear in mind that, yes, they started the season this well last year. And then they really fell away. But this is a different team. Blake Griffin has reinvented himself for the better. Andre Drummond is having his best statistical season. These guys are playing with a lot of confidence. It's what we talked about um, with uh, the Houston Texans in the NFL. Whenever you're playing with confidence, the game seems to come a lot easier to you. So I think... I think they're a team that you really have to keep an eye on. It's it's not a fluke anymore.
0: Yeah. Um. So do you know what we were talking about before about how you say teams are doing well on the lose? Yeah. Pistons were beat last night by Oklahoma City. Oh.
1: <laughs> Come on. I'm sorry to point Detroit. that
0: out to you, but. Do you want to swiftly move on to Portland, and I'll tell you how they did not the
1: tell, tell me how they did last night. I was out before we're in talk. such a hurry. I didn't okay. get a chance to... Well, hang
0: on. Time. Portland Trailblazers you have here are struggling. Yes. Okay. Let, let's see how they're really doing.
1: Okay. Well, let me, let me tell you how they were doing before <laughs> last night. Look, <laughs> after such a hot start, they've fallen away. Now, I'll, I'll put an asterisk beside that and say they've had a really tough schedule recently, and they lost five of their last six. Yeah. Um... But the, the problem is they've suddenly started to struggle really badly on defense, which is what they need to sort very quickly. Um, they're the worst ranked defensive team over the last six. Um, and one of the other big things is they need another scorer. Scoring hasn't been a huge problem. Yeah. But it's the fact that beyond CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, only one person and that entire roster is averaging more than 9 points again, uh, more point more than 9 points a game which is Yusuf Nurkic. They need another guy to step up. Put not, up some ne- points. not necessarily to McCollum and Lillard's level, but just to bridge that gap. They can't be relying on sort of a committee of guys scoring low points to sort of boost the scoring. Yeah. They need another guy to step up and be that third guy.
0: Um, their last game, they were beaten by the Spurs. A very good Spurs side, so you nailed that one. Yeah, well done. Way <laughs> <laughs> Right, and let's go to Denver just before we move on to some news stories then.
1: Yeah, I, I really like Denver at the moment. Number one, they beat Toronto last night in an absolutely mad cap finish to that game. It was incredible. Um, but they're third in the NBA in defensive ranking. They're sixteen and seven record now. We've got to say it is more than a fluke. This yeah. is this isn't a team who are, you know, getting by on half decent defense and getting wins. They're winning games because their defense is so good. Paul Millsaps doing it at the other end, which is excellent. He's player of the week last week, um, but they're doing it differently to other teams other teams just say ah, we'll, we'll go and score loads of points and if we can see loads of points that's alright Yeah, uh, you've seen how well it's worked for the Chicago Bills this year, not
0: um, <laughs> who we're going to talk about yeah. in a minute because there's been a firing
1: <laughs> but Denver Denver are relying on that very solid defensive play and they're writing that to a great record and yeah. they're doing really well so I think It's going to be hard to keep that going because the scoring isn't quite there for them. And if their defense starts to show those little chinks, all of a sudden then the offense isn't there to keep it up. But at the moment, while the defense is strong, they're going really well. And I think that it, it is something that as long as they can keep their structures and they know what they're doing well... I don't think they need to change it in any way.
0: Uh, next up for Denver then is Orlando Magic again, which you imagine they would probably win.
1: I, I would imagine they probably win that and they keep that good run going, but I, it's whenever they come up against some of the bigger teams, which is ironic, you know, they beat yeah. Toronto. <laughs> but if, if they come up in a bit of a stretch against some stronger teams, I think then maybe that that's where fatigue sets yeah. in and then your structures sort of fall apart a little bit. It's one to keep an eye on. Uh,
0: Let's go from a team with a good record then to a team with a not-so-good record who have fired their coach.
1: Yeah, we said a couple of weeks ago that there were a few people on the hot seat and Fred Hoiberg was one and finally the Chicago Bulls have uh, lost their patience with him. In many ways, it's very similar to Mike McCarthy in that I, I think we all saw it coming. It was just a case of when rather than if. And what was the game that would do um, it we, as yeah, well, what, yeah. what was the game that would do it? So, yeah, the, the, there's really not a huge lot to say about this. They they have been playing absolutely dreadfully. Um, they're 14th in the Eastern Conference. They haven't won in their last, if I could look back, six. They've lost six in a row. You know, so something had to change. We talked before the season started. The offense on that team is fine. Yeah. The defence is absolutely shocking. That they just don't know how to keep teams from scoring at the other end. And I'm just going back I meant to look this up a little bit earlier, but I'm just going back through their results. They have only kept one team. Sorry. They've kept two teams this season since November. Under a hundred points, and one of those was the Cavaliers, who were not going to count because yeah. the Cavs had been <laughs> just as bad. Being the um, first
0: team to fire their coach,
1: yeah. So that that's what the Chicago Bills uh, needed to do. They they needed a fresh set of ideas at the top, and and they've gone for it. And they, it's going to be a rebuilding process for them. They they're gonna have to take their time, and they're gonna have to wait a long time for it to come back round. But yeah. Uh, that's how it works you know they've they've got to take the hard times and prepare again for the good times
0: well that's it yeah we'll move on to utah where the jazz have been making some trades
1: yeah uh the utah jazz have traded for kyle corver from the cleveland cavaliers just to bolster a roster that needed a little bit of fresh impetus like the jazz have been going pretty well this year um and then it's just a case of supplementing things the Cavs trying to get rid of a few guys in a season that yeah. i think a, a lot of people want to forget.
0: It must be hard and I, I know just on that point it must be so hard to be a Cavs fan to have it so so good when lebron was there to just completely the opposite. Of no course. Way.
1: Of course like it's very hard whenever it's like that Do you, you have the highs of you know, going to the postseason every yeah. year, you have superstar name and LeBron James, and then the lowest
0: a... of the lows,
1: everyone knew that there was going to have to be life after LeBron. It was just, yeah. they, they didn't know how to cope with it. I think instead of saying, well, we're still going to try and compete after LeBron goes, they probably should have gone. Well, look, LeBron's gone. Let's take a step back. Yeah. Reset and, uh, go again. And, you know, Korver's gone. Kevin Love's probably gonna have to go as well. He, I, I know he's injured at the moment, so the trade market isn't massive for him. Yeah, but, um, it's just one of those things where you have to reset. And now the Jazz have taken Corver and they're gonna try and reset their season uh, and go again. Because the thing is, in, in the Western Conference, things are pretty compact. You know, if if the Jazz can pick up a couple of wins, they jump from 14th to 9th. Yeah. So that's that's the kind of thing. And Corver's the kind of guy who'll come into that roster and it, he'll provide that supplementary scoring that they need. So I, I think it's a, it's a trade that works out well both ways. And we'll
0: finish up with Memphis then.
1: Yeah, the Memphis Grizzlies have finally agreed a deal with uh, free agent centre uh, Joachim Noah. So this is just one that I wanted to throw in because I've been dragging on for a long time. Uh, he, he'd been without a club for a while and Memphis have jumped in and got him he's not at the prime of his career anymore I don't, I don't think uh, anyone's going to try and claim that even himself but uh, he- he'll provide a bit of scoring for them and he'll provide a veteran presence so uh, yeah I think this is another one that just works out well for both parties because Memphis get a get a guy that they wanted and Noah gets a contract
0: so that's everything that is going on in the NBA this week shall we take a look at some ice hockey let's go for it Okay then, so turning our attention to the NHL this week, where are we going to start? Do you want to go to Anaheim?
1: Let's go to Anaheim, a lovely place and a really nice hockey team at the moment. Have you been? I haven't, no, but um, I've seen a lot of pictures and it's one of those places that I really want to go. Yeah. Um, In baseball,
0: the Angel Stadium looks looks nice. Yeah, exactly. Looks like a nice place to be. Anyway, Um, let's talk about the Ducks.
1: Yeah, four straight wins, including coming back from 5-1 down at Washington to win 6-5. Again, it's, it seems to be a recurring theme of this podcast. <laughs> you know, they're, they're on form. They're confident. And even whenever they're 5-1 down, it doesn't phase them. They just score and end up winning. Um, Pontus Aberg, let's talk about him for a second. He is a waiver-wire pickup, which is usually for guys who are going to supplement your fourth line or something yeah. like that. He has six points in their winning stretch. He's leading the team in that stretch. He's been really good for them. He's the kind of guy who probably needed to prove himself a bit and just getting that opportunity with Anaheim was what he needed to uh, prove himself but I think that Anaheim are a team that again nobody was really talking about at the start of the season but they've just put that little bit of a run together now they will have tougher games coming up and I know they're going on a little bit of a road stretch in a a couple of games but They've got that confidence behind them, and if they can keep that going for the next couple of games, uh, they head away really confident.
0: Uh, and then moving on to a team that is going the other way, which is, is funny because I remember a couple of... I can't remember how many episodes ago it was. We were talking about how impressive the New Jersey Devils were. Yeah. Not they, anymore.
1: They started the season so well, now they've lost five straight. Look, three of those were in overtime, so you can say they drew the game they, they got a point from it at least but at the same time they're losing games they're, they're not doing enough in regulation to win those games and that, that's the biggest problem Corey Schneider is 0-5 which is a massive problem for them uh, they've been struggling to decide who is the best netminder there for a while between Schneider and Keith Kincaid and at some point they've got a Make a decision. You know, I I don't like the one A one B system where, have yeah. two starters are as good as each other. I think you gotta have one and have your backup. But um, I think they've they've got to sort of make a decision there. And at the moment, it looks like putting Schneider's the number one isn't the isn't the right choice it seems to have been a misleading strong start for the Devils, which is a shame because they did look so good to start the yeah, season. Yeah, and they were a fun team to watch as well. They were a very fun team to watch, which is a real concern because if you're a fun team to watch, that means you're at least playing the game the right way. Yeah. you are got to pick up wins somewhere. The fact that they're not picking up any wins is, is a big concern. And just, just in general, not picking up wins is a big concern. Obviously, but, yeah, um, I mean, it's... <laughs> No, like, their recent stretch, they've just hit on hard times, and that's an issue.
0: Uh, So we'll go to Pittsburgh, then, where the Penguins are sitting at 10, 10, and 5.
1: Jeepers, they have been poor at home. They've got only one of two losing records at home in the Eastern Conference, which is a big problem. They're only averaging 3.67 goals at home, which doesn't sound bad, but whenever you consider that, you know, you want to be hitting maybe five or six at home every game... Um, one of the biggest issues is Matt Murray isn't getting enough defensive support and that's one of the things I flagged up at the start of the season he hasn't what wh- he doesn't have Mark Andre Fleury anymore yeah to back him up which uh, is one of the biggest concerns he has to do a lot of it by himself and he's not getting the coverage out in front that he needs to be that top of the line netminder we know the penguins have a good roster that. That's not not the problem. Their top two lines are fine. It's just that defensive core is not stepping up yeah. to the plate, which is what they need. They need that defensive core to play well. Otherwise, Pittsburgh don't have a lot to offer. I, I do want to talk about one thing that I did add in um, that I didn't have, is the top three. The top three are very dangerously starting to pull away from everyone else. Yeah. Um, in the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Nashville Predators. Toronto, which we will talk... In fact, we'll talk, we'll talk about this now with Toronto. Um, William Nylander has finally agreed to a deal.
0: Yeah, because that was dragging on, wasn't it? Dragging We've talked about that a few times now. Wrong.
1: Um They've had to agree to a deal that's probably a little bit more than they wanted to. Yeah. Uh, Tor- on uh, Toronto side... Um, And they've had to get rid of Josh Levo to make cap room for him. He's been traded to Vancouver. But Toronto, uh, they've welcomed back Nylander now, who's going to have to work his way back a little bit. So don't expect, you know, 10-point games or anything like that. He's got to work his way back in. Um, But they're welcoming back Nylander. Austin Matthews is now back from injury. And yet they're still picking up wins. So they're making... A winning roster, even better, yeah. Which is very concerning for the rest of the league. You look at Tampa Bay, who just seem to be scoring for fun at the moment. It seems to come so easily to them. And um, Braden points been massive for them down in Tampa, um, and now they're getting back Andre Vasilevsky, who uh, is obviously such a good netminder for them. Luis Dominguez done well in his absence, but Vasilevsky just as that elite netminder that you need. And Nashville, even though they've struggled recently, um amazingly they dropped two at home and they look they've looked a little bit shaky on the road. Yeah. Even so they managed to sort of sandwich that with seven wins. So they're they still just keep picking up wins. There's gonna be a really interesting battle for the President's trophy this year between those three, I think. Yeah. The problem is you don't want them getting too far ahead of the rest of them. Yeah. Otherwise, the postseason starts to look a little bit too straightforward, and that's the biggest concern for me. But in terms of how well they're playing, like they're, yeah. they're three great teams, really good to watch, uh, and I, I think they're uh, they're doing the league really proud at the moment. Just
0: on the subject of Nashville, though they now have an injury to contend with over the next four to six weeks, and four to six weeks in hockey that's a lot of games that's, that's a
1: lot of games so you're talking mm, he's maybe going to be out 15 to 18 yeah. games which is a lot
0: right? we are talking about Philip Forsberg by the way
1: yes we are Yeah, we're to- talking about Philip Forsberg uh, who's out for six weeks in typical hockey fashion they don't give the nature of the injuries yeah. their upper body or lower body Ooh. <laughs> so, um, it remains a mystery yeah like just whenever they're going through a little bit of a rough patch and we say little little bit you know they're yeah. still the predators they're still winning games left right and center but it, it would just help if you didn't lose some, someone like that at this point in time they can cope without him like but he his scoring's going to be a big loss to them it's it's just one of those ones that can maybe turn you know, a win into a loss yeah. here and there.
0: Um, let's go to baseball then. Last let's but not least, go we'll baseball. go to baseball. Right. So we're going to turn our attention to the MLB, which is in the off season, but Adam, being the diligent reporter that he is, has managed to find stuff to talk about. Absolutely, all this <laughs>
1: stuff to stuff to talk about. We have to start with the blockbuster between the Mets and the Mariners. Uh, Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz going to the Mets is the big headline. Jay Bruce and Anthony Swarzak are going the other way, as, as well as a couple of minor leaguers. But the big the big story is Cano and Diaz going to the Mets. The Mets are restocking for this year. Yeah, they're or sorry for next year. They're looking like they're going to be uh, contenders. Whenever you look at that rotation, is strong. They've now added Cano and his par to the middle of that infield. Edwin Diaz was the best closer in the in the, in the major leagues last year, full stop. And he's now got a back end. That bullpen, they've still got a lot of additions to make. These two coming in don't make the Mets. Amazing, yeah. Amazing. They- you know, they they still have questions down the back end of the rotation. That outfield is still a little bit thin. On the ground, but this is a very good start. The Mets are showing that they've got confidence in this group that they can potentially challenge for the World Series over the next couple of years. And bringing those two in uh, is the uh, is the start of what I think is going to be quite a busy off season for them. Because one of the big things is if they can bring back Noah Syndergaard, who uh, yeah is currently in in a sort of state of flux. They're gonna have a really good rotation there.
0: We have talked about a lot of firings today. Well, two, but we've made a big deal of them. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's go to a nicer news story than that, where someone's contract has been extended.
1: Yeah, the Dodgers have extended manager Dave Roberts. I don't think this was much of a surprise. No, not, to not anyone, at all. Given he's taken them to the last two World Series. But, uh, there's not really much more to say to it than that. He's, but he's been so good for them. He's led them to winning records. Um, I think for the last four or five years. So
0: yeah, yeah I mean, if, not, if you,
1: not, not too difficult a decision for them. I'm if sure. you've
0: got if you've got a head coach who takes you to two World Series, you don't fire him. No, of course so. not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to Washington and go to the Nationals, where there's been some trades happening there too.
1: Washington have brought in Cleveland Indians catcher Yan Gomes. They've traded for him. They. They needed an upgrade at catcher. Uh, Matt Wieters wasn't doing it for them. I know that there have been a lot of talk about bringing in JT Realmuto from the Marlins, but I don't think they wanted to meet that asking price. So they've gone for someone who has a proven track record. He's a veteran of the major leagues. Decent pitch framer, decent hitter. He's, he's not elite in either yeah. category, but he, he'll do the business. He d- he'll for do a you. job, yeah. Yeah. I, I think. In terms of what Nats fans were wanting, they wanted you know one of those elite guys. They wanted like Real Muto to come in, but yeah. I-, I know the Marlins are asking a lot for him because he's he's such a star player. So Gomes will do the business for them, and I think he will step in. He'll be a he'll be a strong presence behind the plate for them.
0: And um, let's go to Oakland, who were a fun team to watch this season, and they have. I mean, if you're an Oakland fan, this is probably amazing news because the Coliseum is. It's dreadful, isn't it? Uh, it, so, it was
1: funny. I was talking to a colleague of mine, and I, I hate the Coliseum because yeah. it's a because it's a football stadium first and foremost. He loves the, the Coliseum because it's a football stadium first yeah. and foremost because he feels like they're holding on to the past.
0: Okay, I so don't I'm know, like, like a lot of a lot of you've got to look at it and go, what a terrible stadium! I hate it. What a terrible stadium! Absolutely and when it. you're watching the Raiders play and there's bases on the ground and you're like, what is yeah. going on? Um, so yeah, Oakland Athletics, they have announced plans for the new ballpark finally because I know this whole sort of thing was going on Well, and, and they were going to join the stadium with, the, like both teams were going to play again unless mm. Oakland plan on moving and it's just, it's a mess, isn't it? But there's sort of something coming out of it now.
1: You know what? I hate the new stadium.
0: You hear? it? I haven't seen it. Hang on, I go like going...
1: The first design I saw of it, I yeah. loved it and then... Whenever you see it from the inside, in fact, yeah, sorry, I'll I'll rein that back a little bit. I love it from the outside. Okay. I hate it from the inside. I just don't like the design of it. But at the same time, look, it's great that Oakland are getting a new stadium. It's great that they'll be moving to a new ballpark. I like the location. I yeah. Think the location of it's very good, right down by the docks. And I, I sort of I I like the concept around it. But just on the inside, I just don't think it looks good. And yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Oakland fans. I I just I'm don't look. Like it. I'm
0: looking at it right now, and I'm gonna say, no, no. I, I'm no. glad you agree with me. So no. feeling very
1: much of my own there. But uh, no, um, look. As I said, it's great that they're getting yeah. a new stadium. Like that, first and foremost. That that's the main thing.
0: See, I do have a lot to say about no stadium. If you look at Boston, for example, love Fenway, love it. But yeah, but there's a difference between Fen and the Coliseum. And the Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, anyway, Oakland fans, enjoy your new stadium, whether we like it or not. I'm sure you will. It's, <laughs> it's still better than the Coliseum. Yes. Let's go to Atlanta, finally.
1: Yeah, they've signed third baseman Josh Donaldson. He's someone I wanted to come to the race, but obviously now that's not happening. But he's going to add that extra bit of pop to an already excellent roster they're a very young roster and he'll provide that little bit of veteran leadership as well which I think is very important it yeah I I just think it works and I'm surprised that he went for as low as he did I, I thought I thought there'd be a bit more of a bidding war for him but look they've added someone who is a premium hitter on the free agent market. He hasn't had quite as good a year last year, but if he can get back to where he was sort of the first couple of seasons he was with Toronto, yeah. He's gonna to be a cracking addition to that lineup. And whenever you supplement that with the likes of Albies, and Cunha, you know, they've they've got a very good roster for next year that could if they supplement it again with another couple of guys from free agency they could be serious contenders.
0: They could be an exciting team, and they were an exciting team in, in the past season as well. They were looking team. good.
1: Yeah, well, like let, let's not say that they've just suddenly become good. You know, they, they were an exciting team last year, and I think they surprised a lot of people by getting to the postseason. Now I think they're wanting to cash in more, on that. yeah, yeah, by bringing in someone with the experience of Donaldson uh, just to plug into sort of the the top three, four of that uh, yeah. batting order.
0: Well. We've got a long time to wait and find out because when when does it see, is it March the season um, starts?
1: Yeah, you've you've got spring training. We'll start sort of the end of February, yeah. start of March, and uh, then the season will start sort of the very start of April. So long time to wait, but it'll it's, it'll it's be quickly insane.
0: coming around. It's nearly Christmas, for example. You know, it's, it's, I know we are it's getting crazy. there. Um, Christmas so you,
1: falls on a Tuesday this year, by the way. Are we doing a Christmas podcast?
0: Do you want to? We can. I mean, I yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I don't see why not. I, I, assume I just sort
1: of drop that on you there, by the way. I, I
0: I hang on till I go and rearrange all of my Christmas plans. Um no, I I I mean I assume that'll be a FaceTime one.
1: I would absolutely be oh, yeah, a FaceTime one. A
0: Hungover FaceTime Christmas podcast. Why not? Um I mean yeah. If anything's happening, is there any games? Oh I
1: th- Like uh, Christmas Eve games? There's basketball games on Christmas Day.
0: Okay, right, okay, well this is sounding yeah, Chris- good.
1: Christmas Day isn't such a big thing in
0: in the uh, States, in the States. Yeah.
1: so they, they tend to have Christmas Day games.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, if you can find a way to get me out of my Baileys and food coma, then yeah, let's do it.
1: <laughs> you know what's even better? The Celtics are playing on Christmas Day.
0: Okay, well, no, scrap that. We'll leave that, forget (laughs) about it. So that just about does it for the podcast this week. Before we go, it would be completely remiss of me not to mention the fact that the MLS Cup final is this weekend. Saturday night, Atlanta United taking on Portland. Atlanta is a relatively new team, and they have come in and done the business. So, yeah, fair play. Stadium's amazing too.
1: I'll let you talk about this one. I don't follow the MLS at all. No,
0: neither do I. I I sort of stopped watching it whenever um, New York went out, because that that would be my (laughs) MLS team. uh, New York City, FC... They went out and I just kind of stopped stopped watching who were beaten by Atlanta. So actually, yeah, go Portland.
1: Here's an intro. I was going to say, would you rather uh, Atlanta won so you could say you were beaten by the champions? Or do you want them to be beaten? Because no, they beat
0: you? I'm a very bitter person. Okay. So I live my life <laughs> very bitterly. So I'm going 100% Portland for this.
1: Well, I know not to cross you then. No, I mean it's fine. I'm not that I'm
0: I'm not that better. I just have I have a level of spite that it's slightly above a lot well you know, you you'll find out someday. <laughs> All right. So that just about does it for this week's podcast. What have you got planned for the rest of the week? Um
1: Sport, sport, and more sports. Sport, sport That's my life. <laughs>
0: That's a cool way to be. It's
1: it's not a bad way to be, yeah. Uh, I'm uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Giants coming back to the SSE arena.
0: That'll be nice, because it's been such a long road stretch. Oh, and obviously, they so long. they it's had the brilliant. games here. um, Obviously, the European Cup games. Mm-hmm. But it's good just to watch a good Elite League game, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's, it's Cardiff brilliant. on
1: Sunday as well. Plus, it's teddy bear toss. Oh, so of course. That's right, yeah. Yeah, if, if you are, or if you do happen to head to that game, bring along a teddy. First time the Giants yeah. score. Rain those teddies on the ice. It'll be great crack. And it all goes to... Uh, kids and children's hospitals. Yeah. So it's, it's all for a good
0: cause. As well. It's an amazing cause. And um, I suppose just before we go, we should throw in the fact that we are going to start very soon looking for some local teams to come on and onto the podcast With and um, yeah, chat about it because we've been sort of waiting until we got what we wanted the podcast to be nailed and I think we're there whether anybody else thinks we are or not is a different story but I think I think we think we're there um, so yeah we're going to start looking for some local teams in any of the sports that we're talking about basketball, baseball, whatever um, maybe the softball team that I play for could come on <laughs> that's, are you not that's a hint by the way <laughs> right, right enough yeah i suppose i could do yeah, right sit down gonna tell you about some softball no we gotta go so uh yeah the ussportshub at gmail.com you can get contact with us there the US Sports Hub on twitter as well yes. at the US sports Hub. we have i've started using the twitter i don't know if you've noticed this I notice i've that. been retweeting sports scores um because i feel that's what it's for so if you want to keep up with the scores you know instead of following the official accounts just follow us because we need the followers so uh, yeah you can get in contact with Zer if you want to get on thank you very much for listening hopefully we'll be back next week we don't know yet we kind of just playing it by playing ear at the minute so, Yeah, we'll see <laughs> who knows and, and that's the amazing thing the suspense because we're going to finish the podcast now who knows when you'll next hear from us see you then.